We missed you, Mike Tomlin. Steelers coming off a bye. It was Steelers and Packers last week, the only two teams. But this week, there are half dozen teams that will be kicking back Max and relaxing. The Dallas Cowboys, they're excited to have a bye coming off of their victory on, was it Monday Night Football? It was, right against the Chargers. So the Cowboys have a bye. Also in the NFC, the Panthers have a bye. So they will remain 0-6 through this next week. I guess there's a positive there. At least you're not going to fall to 0-7 immediately. And then in the AFC, the Titans and the Texans from the south. The Jets are off, coming off that win last week against the Eagles. And then the Bengals as well, who have back-to-back wins, but still pretty inconsistent. And that's being nice. And you know me. I'm so nice. I'm nothing if not nice. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. What is the After Hours game of the week? Cup of Joe. Actually, Jay, I'm still drinking coffee because I'm nursing my extremely large vat of coffee. And Jay decided he wanted to go get more caffeine. Do you have coffee in there too? I do not. Not today. So you didn't bring coffee tonight? Not tonight. When's soda tonight? All right. So he's going, I mean... How many nights a week do you go soda? <laughs> Often. Often. Uh, so he's trying to ply me with some soda as well. Uh, so now I've got two. I've got a little bit of Coke Zero is our go-to. Uh, and then coffee left over. So I'm definitely feeling the cup of Joe and the game of the week. Uh, and right now, it's two candidates who are setting the pace. A lot of you weighing in on either Twitter, After Hours CBS, or on our Facebook page. And we will get back to the Jaguars and the Saints a little bit later on. But for now, we got to look at the rest of the schedule. And we're going to split this up because there's so much happening in Week 7. Even with those six teams on by, there's some great games, some cool storylines. We're obviously tracking quarterbacks who are injured and other players who are injured. So we want to dive in and give you a legit, like an actual Week 7 preview. Go! Hurry back to throw, and it is. Is it tossed? Oh my goodness, it's tossed! DeAndre Hopkins caught it! Back from under center, steps back, throws the fade. Cooper Cup's got it! Touchdown, LA! Burrow back to throw, looking, firing deep for Chase in the end zone. He's got it! Touchdown! Joe Burrow and the Bengals! Mahomes fires for the end zone, caught! Touchdown, Kansas City! And off to Eckler again. No, Herbert keeps it. End zone touchdown, Chargers! Herbert with his second of the day. Here's the snap. Josh going to keep it himself and run it again inside the five. Into the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo! Josh Allen, nine-yard touchdown run. The Bills respond and then some. It's time for QB News on After Hours. There's a reason why Raiders... At Bears is not a candidate for Game of the Week. And that's because, well, in in part, it's not just because the Bears have a woeful record, but in part because neither starting quarterback could be on the field come Sunday afternoon. The report coming out of Vegas is that Jimmy Garoppolo will not play against the Bears because of his back injury. At this point, we don't know who will start. Josh McDaniels has not given us any indication, but it could be Aiden O'Connell, the rookie. Now, he started week four. Remember, Garoppolo had a concussion that week. Though, it's Brian Hoyer who has the long history with McDaniels, and it was Hoyer who replaced Garoppolo at halftime last week 
when Garoppolo left with the back injury. So that was the victory over the Patriots. It was Hoyer who was there on the field and not O'Connell. And Hoyer actually doesn't know whether or not he's starting on Sunday. That's not up to me. I, whenever I play, I want to play good for myself, for my teammates, for, for the coaches. So, um, you know, I played for 15 years and, you know, whatever the situation is Sunday, it is. And I'll be ready to go. Just for the sake of argument, could you imagine if the starting matchup was and quarterbacks don't play each other, but if it was Brian Hoyer versus Tyson Bagent, okay, that would be fun. <laughs> Raise your hand if you thought that was a possibility to have those two quarterbacks on the field. So Tyson being an undrafted rookie out of a D2 school, though he's he is oozing confidence because his dad's a world champion arm wrestler, believe it or not. Or maybe it's Aiden O'Connell and Tyson Bagent. All right, because Justin Fields has the dislocated thumb, so he is doubtful. I guess there's a chance. You're saying there's a chance. I think it's mostly just they haven't ruled him out for strategy purposes. So, yeah, that's not a candidate for Game of the Week, though I'm sure the mamas care. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. You know what else is not a candidate for Game of the Week? That would be the Broncos hosting the Packers. Now, there's always a huge following for the Green Bay Packers. I'm assuming a bunch of them will be in Denver. Broncos fans, we tend to die hard. It's a home game at Empower Field. So, yeah, it'll be a cool atmosphere. I think a lot of loud fans, but... I don't know how scintillating it will be. Maybe it will surprise us. But Russell Wilson, no matter how bad it gets, he does not hang on to it. One of the things I learned a long time ago, you know, uh, early on in my career, probably my rookie year or so, is just, you know, learning what you did well. You know, every, every, after every game, writing down what you did well, um, what you can get better at, what you can clean, clean up, and then, uh, and then having amnesia. I think that, you know, no matter how high or how low, um, a game is or whatever it is, being able to go on to the next moment. And I think that's trust in the process, too. Mm. So last week, it was the 19-8 to loss at Kansas City. <laughs> I had family members texting me, like, why does the NFL keep doing this to us? <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a great game for either team. Remember, it was the whole back at Arrowhead, Taylor Swift, and... Patrick Mahomes' wife and Kelsey has the big game and the Broncos essentially, I mean, they scored eight points. That was all they had. And so Russell Wilson knows uh, they've got no choice. They've got to keep moving forward. He threw a couple of picks. Uh, they did get into the red zone one time and they were one for one. But the only reason it was as close as it was is because the Chiefs were one for five in the red zone. So, yeah, not one of those matchups that you want to remember later in the season. But if the Broncos are going to climb out of this hole, make this season not a total wash. They're going to have to figure it out. Uh, a little bit later, we'll hear from Jerry Judy because, yeah, he's telling it like it is about the Broncos' offense and the struggles right now. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, moving on. Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Uh, we did a lot of work and a lot of talk about them this past week because they had the loss to the Cowboys and also, same thing with the Chargers. They'll get close, they'll set up their fans, and then they kind of let you down. They let you down hard. So this week, it's the divisional game against the Chiefs. So now it's the Chargers' turn to head into Arrowhead Stadium with Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes in the same place. I think there are always great opportunities. You know, he's, he's an incredible quarterback, and, and 
I've got so much respect for him as um, as a quarterback and as their offense. Um, so to be able to go up and, and play, it's always a great opportunity to, to watch great football. Now, what have we heard from Patrick Mahomes this year so far? We're not playing very well on offense. We're not fluent on offense because I have to be better. You know, there's a, a lot of missed opportunities. We've been talking about red zone. The Saints abysmal. The Ravens have struggled in the red zone. But the, the Bengals, same thing. And and now the Chiefs as well. It's a recurring theme for them. So Patrick Mahomes, I don't know, maybe he's got a different skill that he would like to show off instead. <laughs> this comes from Dave Taub on the Chiefs coaching staff. Uh, believe it or not, Mahomes has been practicing a different skill. Yeah, we had a plan. We had a plan, and believe it or not, uh, 15's our backup punter. <laughs> he can do it. Yeah, I mean, he 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 does. He shows me all the time. You know, he wants he wants he coat. You know, he's out there, boom, on Saturdays hitting punts, and he can do it all. That guy, it's unbelievable. <laughs> okay, stop it. He should not be punting in an NFL game, but apparently, because the Chiefs. Regular punter is dealing with a knee injury. The Chiefs almost had to use their backup last week, and their backup is Patrick Mahomes, according to their special teams coach, Dave Tobe. All right. That, no, could no, you imagine? No, no. Taylor Swift might lose her mind. She wouldn't know what was happening. She would think maybe she wasn't supposed to cheer. But, yeah, he would run out there just like that. Like he comes out of the tunnel. Yeah, yeah. Patrick Mahomes would scare the opposing special teams group with his craziness. Could you just seriously, could you imagine you're the Chargers and you're lined up to receive a punt and it's Patrick Mahomes who's punting? No, I would put literally any other player on the roster out there. I don't care how good they are at punting. I'm not risking Mahomes as a punter. The NFL front office might have a heart attack at their top quarterback, their reigning MVP on the punt team. Goes back to the days when guys went both ways. That's funny. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, turning our attention to the AFC North and Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, back home after a victory in London. But again, miserable on offense at times. One for six in the red zone. It really was really Justin Tucker who saved the day. We love playing from our fan base. Um, not everyone else's fan base. You know, I believe they be having front home field advantage. But uh, as I said, when I was in London, I believe we had it in London. You know, I, I heard a lot of every time we did something, it was a lot of fans going crazy whenever we did something. But it's great to be back home. And so the Ravens are hosting the Lions. Great stuff. And actually, Dan Campbell was asked about Lamar Jackson uh, when he was doing his most recent press conference. And it actually devolved into something different. So the man who asked the question is a longtime sports anchor in Detroit. For those of you who listen from the Motor City, his name is Bernie Smilovitz, 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 and apparently he just lost his wife of 38 years. She just passed away. And Dean Campbell, another reason to love this guy, he's asked a question about Lamar Jackson from Bernie, and instead of waxing poetic on the Ravens QB, he attaches a personal note. He's extremely dangerous as always. That's not changing right now. So it'll, that focal point will always start with him, especially defensively. My heart goes out to you, man. Hmm. God bless you. Oh, that's really kind. Again, another reason to like Dan Campbell. He knows who he's talking to. He's personal and he cares. Uh, we know he has a heart because he wears it on his sleeve all the time. Uh, so, yeah, Lamar Jackson, he's still one heck of an athlete. 
and will pose a problem. That's my choice for After Hours Game of the Week. Lions at the Ravens. So back-to-back games for the Lions on the road against division leaders. Okay, so last week, they made very quick work of that Tampa Bay offense. Baker Mayfield, the Bucks, they struggled to get anything going on that side of the ball. The Ravens, we know they can move the ball up and down the field, but they've been frustrated when it comes to capitalizing, when it comes to punching the ball into the end zone. Zay Flowers did have his first touchdown last week, so that was big. But what will they do now against the Lions, who have a very potent offense? You're going to have to keep up. And we know the Ravens, of course, have guys missing on both sides of the ball, but that's pretty much standard for what we're seeing now as we head into week seven in the NFL. Steelers and Rams. This is a game that Jay chose for game of the week candidate. Pittsburgh in Los Angeles. No doubt it's going to be a very vocal crowd for the Steelers because the Steelers fans will travel to SoFi Stadium. The Rams put up a ton of points last week against the Cardinals, right? So a different defense. Um, I actually dropped the Steelers defense. Oh, I don't know if it's going to come back to bite me in the butt, but I kept the commander's defense this week instead and got rid of the Steelers defense. I know, I know. Anyway, Steelers at the Rams and the offense gets the return of Deontay Johnson. It's actually numbers. It's things that, you know, routes and and timing and spacing. It it all works together. Um, So that's always the the key in in the pass game, everything working together, protection and guys are on the right routes and I got to put the ball where it needs to be. So um, we got to get right in in those three phases and, um, you know, expecting those numbers to go up. It helps with, you know, 18 coming back. So 18 is back for Kenny Pickett. And right now you've got the Steelers and the Browns sitting in second place. And the Browns, who just beat the Niners without their starting quarterback. So it's P.J. Walker instead of Deshaun Watson again this week. But Steelers and Browns have the same record. Steelers on the road at the Rams. So it's a big deal there. The Buffalo Bills also in second place in the AFC East. And they don't have any issues with not having the weapons. Now, for Josh Allen, you may know the ball's going to Stephon Diggs, but it doesn't matter. Try to stop it. We're going to try to throw it to the open guy, and that's whoever it is. If, if you know, It's no secret Diggs is arguably the best receiver in the game right now. <gasps> He's first oh. read in a lot of our concepts because of who he is as a player. If he's open, he's going to get the ball. Um, you know, and I do agree that we're going to have to utilize the other guys and make sure that we're getting their talents and using them to the best of their abilities to help this offense. But again, it's Stefan Diggs. Mutual admiration society between Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. Remember Diggs last week was saying how much he appreciated that his quarterback was essentially going to bat for him. Diggs already has 620 yards receiving. So remember I told you that Tyreek Hill is over 800 yards. Well, Diggs is not that far behind. He's sitting at 620. So you extrapolate that number. You project that number over the course of a season, and he could also get close to 2,000 yards, potentially, right? So at least projected right now, he would be shy. But he has another guy who's on a tear. So put to rest any talk of locker room conflict or drama between these two because they're on the same page. The thing is, though, if you force it to Stephon Diggs, the defense will also know that. Uh, So, yeah, it's interesting how Josh Allen phrases it. We're going to have to use the other guys in the offense. (laughs) Goodness. 
that's going to be a, uh, a game, too, that I'm looking forward to against Bills and Patriots, only because the Patriots are desperate. Backs against the wall. They really need a victory because the pressure is mounting. And this game is at Gillette Stadium. And Mac Jones knows that Bills' defense can be a buzzsaw. They have uh, great players at each spot. You know, in, in some teams, there might be a really good edge rusher or um, you know, a really good inside person, but they got everybody. So uh, definitely a good group, uh, going to be a big challenge for the offensive line and um, obviously just operating within the system of our offense. And we know that the Bills have lost a couple of key pieces, right? I mean, there's a couple guys who are gone for the season um, on their defensive side. But as much as the Bills are inconsistent, the Patriots have been consistently bad on offense. So it feels like it could be a one-sided affair. But again, It's huge for the Patriots because, and I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs or anything. Don't misquote me here. But Mac Jones, his job is on the line. The receivers, the offensive line, they're all under scrutiny. Bill Belichick, his coaching staff, everybody right now is on the hot seat in New England. So they want to save their jobs or at least get this train pointed in the opposite direction. Well, a a win against the Bills would be a big deal. And remember, last week, the Bills didn't score until the fourth quarter of their game against the Giants. They found a groove then, and they beat the Giants, but this game is on the road, and it's divisional, so it's humongous. Day by day. (laughs) That brings us to a game that many of you have already fingered as the game of the week. The Dolphins. On the road themselves against the Eagles. Something's got to give. High-powered offense, potent offense, anchored by Tua Tagovailoa with all the weapons he's got around him. And he was asked this week if the fact that he's changed his physique, right? So he's not getting hit, but when he does get hit, it's not knocking him down. He's able to absorb the hits. Is that strength and the new physique, thickness is what people were saying before the season, Uh, Is that allowing him to make throws that maybe he wouldn't have or didn't in the past? I would say a lot of the routes that we have this year, I've never had my rookie year or my second year. Um, And then just playing, playing like within the timing of the, like each play, it, it's all different. Uh, The maturity of who I was then to who I am now Mm. as a football player has changed a lot too. So, um, I would I would probably say no, um, but then at the same time, I wouldn't know. <laughs> Just so much there from Tua. But did you catch at the beginning, he talks about how they're running routes and they're throwing formations and plays out there they've never used before. Okay, Mike McDaniel, reinventing the wheel, his own wheel, in year two. Of course, last year, Tua wasn't on the field the whole time. By this point, last season, he'd already been off the field because of multiple concussions and had to work his way back only to then get knocked off or get knocked out of a game again and just miss the rest of the way. So it was tough for McDaniel, too. He had to scale back, I'm sure, because he used three different quarterbacks. And so now to have a steady, healthy, smart, more mature, and stronger QB allows Mike McDaniel to get in his bag. Mature guy. (laughs) Also, do you dare ask Mike McDaniel whether or not Tua is a system quarterback? Do it at your own risk. Because he, well, he has choice words for you, if you dare. It's kind of funny 
uh, and I know they've not, not been together for more than two years now, but it's it's kind of funny to think about this relationship, right, between Tua and Mike McDaniel, and they feel like they are opposite ends of the spectrum where they've come from, their backgrounds, and yet they are two peas. My answer to that would would be, who the f cares? <laughs> I've coached stuff for a long time. He's a hoot. I'm year two, okay. <laughs> Uh, earlier this week when we were talking to Cynthia Freeland, she was saying that she wished she could just have a, a, a stream, nonstop stream of Mike McDaniel. Who? What was the movie where, oh shoot, it's going to escape me now. The movie where everything that popped into, was it Jim Carrey's head came out his mouth? It might not have been Jim Carrey, but there was a movie where he couldn't stop himself from saying everything that he thought. Mm. Oh, gosh. Somebody out there on uh, social media helped me out. It not was a, Yes Man, right? I, I can't remember the name of it. It was. I, I'm not even sure it was Jim Carrey, but I feel like it was. But I, I could be completely off base. Everything that he thought, every thought or, you know, like every every bit of what popped into his brain came out of his mouth. It was like the stream of consciousness and he couldn't stop it. Uh, he was, it was something about being so, so authentic and true and just open liar liar was it liar liar that is jim carrey right okay so maybe i got the jim carrey part correct somebody out there will know the movie i'm talking about on twitter a law radio also on our facebook page uh glad to have you with us we want you to vote for the after hours game of the week so while you're on our social media you can cast your ballot lots of those uh Polls, well, lots of those pollsters already showing up, so you can do that as well. It is almost the weekend. For me, not for Producer Jay, but for me and for Marco, it's a flannel Friday because we're heading into what is going to feel like a real fall weekend, at least an hour neck of the woods. So, yes, not only am I dressed in flannel, Penny's got a donut around her neck to keep her warm. You know, is it sad that when I see the donut around her neck, I want to eat a donut? Is that sad? It's not. I actually almost got one yesterday morning. Because so. of the power of suggestion? Yeah. And maybe I was just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Well, why were you thinking about it? Because of Penny's Donut. Because I kept telling you about Penny's Donut collar. <laughs> it's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. You're listening to After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Never, ever, ever taking a pause. Never hitting the brakes. Drive it like you stole it. Something like that. Am I even close? Hi, Amy. Love the show. Hi. I listen to you every night on the way home. And hey, you doing y'all day with your own swag. Thank you for listening. I appreciate the therapy tonight. Oh, I'm glad I could help, Lee. I just got home. Just want to let you know how big of a fan I am because I've just been sitting in my car listening to your show, <laughs> waiting to talk to you on the phone for about 30 minutes now. Take me home tonight. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Do you know what I heard when I was driving in? Apparently... A new list has ranked the top pop songs of all time. 
Did you hear this on the news? Jay, do you listen to the news? I didn't see this. And it's a it's a bit of a respite, of course. Most of the news right now is about what's happening in the Middle East and about the war in Israel, uh, which is, is heartbreaking still. A lot of Americans involved, too. So every now and then I know our show can offer a distraction, and I feel the same way sometimes when they'll do mindless news stories like top pop song of all time. And I guess they did a top 100 pop songs of all time. Now, I don't know what the range was in terms of how far back they went, maybe to the point at which they started charting pop songs. I'm not sure. But I was pleasantly surprised to find out that the top pop song of all time is one that I know front to back, start to start to finish. It's my favorite. One of my favorites. It's on, I'm trying to think. It's on my iPod. It's in two different running playlists. And she is one of my favorite artists of all time. You ready? I know it already. You already know it? Just from what you said, I think I can guess. Go ahead. Whitney Houston, I want to dance with somebody. Yes. But I feel like you looked because I saw you looking at the computer. Admit it. I didn't look. Jay. (laughs) You just guessed. Well, you said your favorite. Someone. Uh Pop song. But why would you guess that song? Because that's your favorite. Okay, but I don't feel like I've said that recently. I don't know, Jay. I think you cheated. But either way, doesn't matter. He is right. The top pop song, I don't know if it was Billboard or what, uh, but the top 100 pop songs of all time goes down to Whitney Houston and the top one being her I Want to Dance with Somebody. And uh, I can't remember exactly what the... The news anchor indicated, but something to do with it's dancing, it's love, it's sex, it's romance, and it, and it kind of features all of the elements that go into making a, a great pop song. Um, shoot, well, I can't remember. The number two was a lot older. D- oh, ABBA, Dancing Queen. That was oh, number gosh. two. I know. So that's why I didn't know how far back they went or if it was, you know, every pop song that's every chart ever charted. Uh, But yeah, that was kind of funny. So I was totally on board with I Want to Dance with Somebody. Not that I don't love Dancing Queen. It's just not a song that I listen to a lot, but definitely. So that was kind of fun in terms of entertainment and just needing a break from some of the harsher, more painful news that's taking place the last couple weeks uh, around the world. Those of you who have weighed in now on social media are confirming what Jay said is, in fact, liar, liar. So I'm really proud of myself that I knew it was Jim Carrey. But, yeah, anything that he thought, any thought that popped into his brain came out his mouth. So it's kind of funny because he had been a liar his whole life and then somehow got stricken with a truth serum of sorts uh, and could not keep his truth to himself. He was an attorney, right? I haven't seen that movie in so long. I haven't either. It was a good movie. Yeah, classic. But I haven't, I haven't seen it in forever. I haven't seen him in forever. What was the last thing he did? It's been a while. He had kind of a little bit of a meltdown there for a little bit. Did he have a he- some health issue? I can't remember if there was something going on with him. That um, I don't remember any like health medical issue. I just know that he kind of like was. I don't know. I haven't. He, it was like he was on some shows and like stuff, and he was just like saying how he hated acting and how like mm. yeah. Well, that's what he said. Actually, I just looked it up. He ended his Hollywood career. Revealed he was retiring from acting last spring. So not spring of 23, but spring of 22. And he says he's retiring because he really likes his quiet life. He's just, he's he's done and he's overacting. I mean, he was brilliant. 
I'm telling you, I'm not a big fan of, I'm, I much prefer drama over comedy. That sounds funny. I'm not a big fan of comedy, but really just the genre. I do love to laugh, obviously. And there have been TV shows that I think are really funny, but I'm much more of a drama person, drama and war and documentaries, military history, that kind of stuff really floats my boat. I'm into spy novels and spy dramas and, and CSI and FBI and CIS. Those are my favorites. So I don't watch a lot of comedy on TV, not since Friends and Seinfeld. That was really the last big-time comedies I got into. But Jim Carrey, he's he was always brilliant. Just have, have you ever incredible. seen The Truman Show? Oh, yes. I, I'd call that a drama. One of his rare dramas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not many of them. But he had some real feel-good pieces later in his career as well, somewhere he, they were more altruistic, if you will. Not the mask. <laughs> no, not the mask. Jim Carrey, we miss you. The Grinch, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. My nieces love that. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Bruce Almighty was one that actually had a pretty nice message to it. But I think probably my all-time favorite was Dumb and Dumber. Oh, my gosh. So you're telling me there's a chance. I mean, you want to talk about dumb. It was... (laughs) That movie's so good. They were dumb, all right. Was it Lauren Holly? She was the redhead, right? Oh, man, I'm not sure. Yeah, she was uh, much earlier in her career, but yeah, real pretty. It's just funny, too. Played off. I forgot. Who, who was the other guy? Um. Oh, my gosh. Jeff Daniels? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was going to say, he plays a lot of characters who are just dumb. Um, but the two of them, and then Lauren Holly, just, it was such a great combo. It's like, strike it rich. So, yes, liar, liar. And we just got this tweet. It says, uh, this is from Kalaka. He was always lying and then met Morgan Freeman, who played God, who made his true thoughts come out versus his lies. Like when his girlfriend says she's wearing new pants. Do these maybe look fat? And Jim Carrey's character responds with, well, yes, they do. (laughs) No, thank you. I'm glad I'm not marrying him. I don't want Bob to be telling me every time I don't look good in a pair of pants. I'm okay with him giving me the, accentuating the positive, if you will. I don't want anyone to lie to me, but how about accentuate the positive? It was why when my mom and I were set to go wedding dress shopping I had to say to her, mom, can you just, can you give me a compliment first? If you don't like a dress, can you say something nice about it? She said, don't you want to know how I really feel? Well, yes, I do. But can you make it a little more tactful sometimes? So I definitely got my bluntness from my mom, but she takes it. But you know, you get older. This is what I hear from people who are older. You just don't care anymore. So I, (laughs) I just said to her, can you please say something nice first? Or maybe say that you don't like the dress in a tactful way. Okay, I don't I don't think that looks as good on you as another dress. Or I, I like a different shape. And I said, Mom, what happens if I like a dress that you don't like? Oh, no, that's not going to happen. That's what she said to me. Oh, that's not going to happen. Oh. <laughs> Did that happen? Um... No, she loves the dress I purchased, but I will say there are a couple features on the dress. Remember, Bob has not, will not see the dress. Actually, we're when we make the drive from New Jersey to Texas, 48 hours before the wedding, we're driving from Jersey to Texas because um, I have to take Penny with me. She can't be by herself for more than two weeks. That's not happening. And so we're taking Penny, and he's coming so that we can have two drivers. Anyway, so the dress will be in the car. So it's going to be covered up in a dark garment bag so that he can't see. But he has promised me he will not cheat and will not look at the dress. The you last, trust him? 
I do trust him. The last time, actually, I hope I trust him. <laughs> the last time that he was visiting me, the dress was in the closet in the spare room where he was staying. So he promised me he would not open the closet. He even put his suitcase against the closet door so I would know that he didn't open the closet. Of course. Yeah, my parents used to hide <laughs> Christmas presents. I'd tell them I wouldn't go to try to find those either. <laughs> yeah, so, so I guess I was playing with fire having the dress in the room where he was staying. But he <laughs> swears to me he did not look. And now he actually says he doesn't want to see the dress before I'm standing at the back of the ch- of the chapel. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of funny. But anyway, all that to say the dress is driving with us. So we're driving back. And, <laughs> and yeah, um, I think that my mom likes the dress, but there are a couple features that she wasn't sure. They were – I liked them better than she did, right? She wasn't sure if that would be appropriate, shall we say. Hmm. But I can't say anything else, right? Because Bob sometimes listens to the show. You're giving too much away. I can't give too much away. So there, yeah, at least one feature where she thought, or she said out loud to me, "Are you sure about that?" <laughs> Would you reply? Yes. Yes, absolutely. I am. It's perfect. All right. Thank you for all your responses. Liar, liar, Jim Carrey. We appreciate that. Uh, on Twitter, A Law Radio. You can vote for the game of the week. Also on our Facebook page. Glad to have you with us, After Hours. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. At the 3-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Two-seamer right on the outside part of the plate and then broke off the plate with that late movement. And he got him to chase a pitch, and that's another strikeout. He's got nine. Rack them up. Feels great to pick up the team. Uh, we went down 2-0. That was a big win for us. We knew that going in. Um, I think coming out with that win, that, that helps us get some momentum on our side, and, and we'll see where it takes us tomorrow. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Brandon Fott. The rookie with a career-high nine strikeouts on Diamondbacks Radio, and both he and Ranger Suarez, they're able to engage in a pitcher's duel. So this is different than what we've seen from that potent Phillies offense or even from the Diamondbacks against the Dodgers going back to the National League Division Series. This was a scoreless game through six. Both Suarez and Fott were pulled in the sixth, and the managers went to their bullpens. Each team scored in the seventh. One run. Scoreless eighth. So now, after a ninth in which the Diamondbacks held, no, excuse me, the Phillies held the, nope, other way around, had it. Diamondbacks, (laughs) heavens, it's the last 90 minutes of the week. (laughs) The Diamondbacks held the Phillies at bay in the top of the ninth. And then in the bottom of the ninth, on comes Craig Kimbrell. And I felt like I needed to watch with my hand over my eyes with a crack in my fingers to see what was happening. He promptly puts the first runner on board with a walk. Are you kidding me? So it was time for a wild ride even at that point. So there was a walk initially, and the Diamondbacks, I think, as you hear with Brandon Fott, uh, they were understanding, even though this wasn't technically a must-win, they really couldn't afford to fall down 3-0 to the Phillies, not with the, the pitching staff that they've got, right, the guys that they can trot out there. And so they really needed to take advantage of this one because they'd held the Phillies' offense relatively in check. So after Gurriel walks, 
Then there's an infield single, and Gurriel goes all the way to third. And so for Craig Kimbrell, now he's got to work himself out of a jam where the next run across the base, actually, will be the game winner. I love the Phillies' defense. They're definitely up for a challenge. The kick and the pitch. Swung on, grounded to third. Backhand turner. Runner is coming home to throw the tag. And he is out at the plate. Gurriel avoided the first attempt. Real Muto came back and got another tag on him. And they get the first out of the ninth inning at home plate. Whoo! Dodging a bullet there. So, yes, the defense comes through. And Gurriel is thrown out at home. Although, uh, JT Real Muto, he ended up having to do a double tag on him because the first time he goes and he swipes, Gurriel goes to the outside and doesn't get him. And he ends up kind of doing like almost like a crab walk around the side to try to get back. So I appreciate the effort. But yeah, Phillies are able to erase the first guy at home. But right after that, it's another walk. Kimbrell walks another guy. Oh, no! Gosh, it's so frustrating. In the ninth inning, he gives up two hits and two walks. And so for that reason, you know that he's playing with fire, especially when it's Cattell Marte, who's next at the plate. And the 0-1 pitch. Swing, base hit. Diamondbacks win. And to score Smith, Marte gets his third hit of the ball game. And the Diamondbacks are alive and well in the National League Championship Series. They win game three. They come back home. They beat the Phillies 2-1 to one on a walk-up by Marte. I just try to have fun out there, try, try to do my best for the team, you know, try to help the team win. And then I just have fun out there. That's why everything's good. He's just got an unbelievable heartbeat. Um, he loves he loves to be in that moment. And, you know, uh, he, he is one of our best players for a reason. And, um, I thought the whole the key to that at, that that inning was was Perdomo walking and handing yeah. it off to Cattell. Um, but Cattell thrives in that situation. Um, he just has a heart of a lion. He wants to get the job done and and be the main guy to help his team win a baseball game. I mean, you hear Tori Lavello point to the Perdomo walk right after they get Guriel at home. Kimbrel puts another guy on base. I know that you win as a team and you lose as a team, and that's especially the case for the Phillies. They say it over and over, but that's got to be disheartening. Very first guy in the bottom of the ninth gets on via a walk. Well, you're already ahead of the game. And then right after you throw out the lead runner and you dodge a bullet and you're still alive, your closer walks another guy to get to the hottest guy on the Diamondbacks roster. That's frustrating. He's got six of Arizona's 17 hits in the NLCS so far. And yes, here they are having won their first home game, and I'm sure feeling a lot more confident and also a sense of relief too, right? Because this group hasn't been there. A bunch of young guys that hasn't been there before, and so it's important against the big bad Phillies with all the experience and the boldness and the home runs and everything else to be able not just to limit them, and keep them scoreless in eight of the nine innings that you faced, but to be able to come up with that big run in the bottom of the ninth. I mean, that's huge. And it was, I was really happy for the fans there at Chase Field, though obviously the Phillies can reload. It's who executes um, on what side. So, um, you know, you may get a pitch to hit. You may not. You may um, get the hit. You may uh, have to battle and two-strike hit, do different things, take your walk, whatever it is. But um, that's, that's baseball. Yeah, so Trey Turner and Bryce Harper into a man. 
I mean, they took advantage of their opportunities. We did not. But they actually didn't have a ton. I mean, not only did Fott have the the nine strikeouts himself, um, but the strikeouts were racked up there for the Phillies. And, you know, sometimes it can be feast or famine. But total, they had 13 strikeouts in the game. And they really only had four opportunities with runners in scoring position. So now we go into the weekend and we'll have National League tonight. Oh, both tonight. That's right. I forgot. They do the three in a row at the uh, in the middle stop. So, yeah, you've got both on a Friday night. Remember the – Jay, was it two, the last two Fridays we've had no baseball? Right. Right? Because right. we've had no winner-take-all games. So, wild card week, we had a Friday off. Last week – Actually, we had Friday and Saturday off the first weekend, the first weekend right? Yeah. And then last week it was Friday. Friday. No games on Friday before they got to the uh, the ALCS, NLCS. Um, and so it's, it's a Friday where you got to pay attention to baseball, and it's a doubleheader. We'll get to Rangers-Astros, which is all tied up, uh, as well as kickoff to week seven in the NFL. We are there, you guys, week seven. Earlier I was stuck on week five, and my math was all messed up. Oh. It's After Hours on CBS Sports Radio.